Hi, and welcome to Death in Cambodia, Life in America, a podcast where I interview my father, Robert Chow, one of the first survivors of the 1970s Cambodian genocide. He survived the killing fields, navigated through the jungles of Thailand, and escaped to America to build an empire in the donut industry. After about 40 years, I think it's about time he got a chance to share his story. I'm Dorothy, his daughter, and your host for today's episode. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Death in Cambodia, Life in America. I've got Robert Chow here, and um, in continuation of our last episode, last we spoke about about how he had found a, well, he had a friend that he had left underneath the tree, um, and when he came back to see the body, the body was gone. We talked a little bit about how every day he heard bombs, how people were trying to escape. Every day, it was a very, very dark time. And at that time as well, um, he thought he had, you know, he had suicidal thoughts. I mean, it seemed to be a point where it was better to die than it was to live. And he felt stuck, but there was nothing really he could do. So... In continuation of that, Ba, welcome back. Yeah, hey, hey everybody. Uh, yeah, I think last time I mentioned about the, uh, you know, my feel, my feeling was uh, so, uh, so horrible. And I'm stuck in the between uh, life and death. And I know what to decide, but everybody, I think, feels the same way, you know, f- for my group. Most of them is 14 to 16 years old, you know, boy. They just don't know what to decide. I think, you know, they just continue to, to live whatever they can to survive at that time. After, you know, a couple of days, I believe at that time was around March and April. It uh, was rice harvest time. I got sick pretty bad. I couldn't breathe. Uh, I believe I had asthma. Uh, it's uh, Poland, you know, at that time. It's, it's quite a bit. It's pretty heavy. Yeah, and I have asthma too. So it runs in the family, something that you've always struggled with. Yeah, uh, you know, and then I got sick and then I couldn't breathe. I couldn't go to work. Just laid down in a, in a camp in the forest and uh, for two days. Uh, you always had asthma. Always. Your uh, whole life. Yes. But this is the first time that it got really, really bad. Was really, that? Really bad. That spring, it was really, really bad. Yeah. Especially since every, every March and April, you know, the harvest time. Yeah. How did you do right. with it before? Uh, I mean, before the communists. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. During the communist period, though, you just basically had to suffer through it. I yeah. mean, you just had to keep working. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, after a couple of days, lay down in a camp, and they moved me to uh, to the temple that close by there. 
so I can have some medication. It's traditional Cambodian medication. Do you remember that medication to be? It's just like a you know black color of all kinds of root, grind it to a really fine, but most of them is a root and leaf and, and then mix with the uh, sugar. All their medicine is all have sugar in it, you know, and then they dry it. But I don't care. I just take as much as much as I can I can get because they have some sugar in it. It really <laughs> helps. I mean, so it did help because of the sugar. I maybe I, my body needs sugar because you know don't have enough food and. Uh, so sugar is help at that time. It helped quite a bit, but it still is not going to help my asthma. My asthma is still pretty bad. Yeah, and for people who don't know what asthma symptoms really are, you can't breathe. You cannot breathe. I think it's just like, you just cannot breathe. They try to get the oxygen because yeah. your lung is just... Uh, Contracted. Contr- yeah. And... um. Generally, people who have asthma symptoms, you have to carry an inhaler. I have to carry an inhaler at all times. You know, um, same with you, Ba. And so it is, you're in the jungle too, right? So this is even more pollen. You have no inhaler back then. Um, You have no idea without an inhaler medication. I think it it, it just, uh, you just like feel like a suffocate yourself. Suffocating, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you were in the temple, and they were giving you this, it's something to eat, right? It's like a medication you eat? Yeah, and then they feed you, like I said, you know, when find out to keep, you know, kill all of these people. It's not going to happen down because, you know, you got less people to work. Then they start feed you a little bit more. So I, uh, what I mean by feed you a little bit more, I think... Like a hundred gallon of water, they usually put like two kilo of rice. So now a hundred gallon of water when they boil it and then they just go ahead and put maybe five to ten pounds of rice. So you get more rice, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of just pure water. So which is helped quite a bit. I mean, for, you know, everybody have more energy. So I was feel pretty okay. I mean, you know, you give you like there's no breakfast. It's just lunch and dinner and just no buying water. I mean, uh, salt. Yeah, they give you a spoon of salt. So I was staying at temple for uh, a few days. Then. You got a lot of six people coming in and made sick, so I think. And then they release whoever, whatever they want to send you. So I think at that time, and they just released me to another city called Mongolbare. That's the city is pretty, that's where I was, where I was grew up. And then uh, uh, they sent me by the uh, car Deco in Cambodian. That's just the two big wheel. On uh, the two side, I pulled by two cattle. Yeah, so. You know, I'm surprised that they even put in the effort to, like, send you away. I mean, 
wouldn't they just if you're sick wouldn't they just let you die uh they like i say they realize now they just try to use uh you know to to experiment too on their medications you know mm-hmm. and then they just can give you all kinds of stuff and just try and see if it work and they realize that if everybody they just left everybody to die then they have no more workers that's right so now at this point now that if people start getting sick they put a little bit more attention yeah into trying to maybe save your life a little bit yeah yeah i think you know uh time passed by i i believe they they change a little bit they're changing every day whatever mm-hmm. they want i mm-hmm. mean you know whoever that control that group they can do whatever they want you know they want to kill you they kill you they want to just let you die you die that's simple mm-hmm. and uh it just no no paper no document no nothing it just Uh, every day just like a cattle as you just the cattle and then you know got by 10 soldiers and then they tell you to turn left to turn right to work to eat to uh, uh, just no life uh, so so they sent you on that to Mongopore and what was there yeah was the journey uh, I just lay down on that that uh, deco and then you know the guy uh I believe they transport some rice, you know, to, you know, Mongolbury to uh, talk about, oh, eight, nine hour, you know, mm-hmm. cattle pull, pull that cart, that wooden cart, it's just really slow. Mm-hmm. So I just lay down and under this, it's so, it, it was hot. It was hot. Cambodian was hot. I mean, you know, April, oh my God. Humidity is mm. high, and then I just lay down there. I just lay, and then you know under the sun, and just uh, um, I was thinking, I I think this is it. I mean, and I happy to go, I happy to die, and your emotional was all over the place, and then you. Just thinking, I said, "Oh my God!" I said, "You know, uh, uh, in your mind, I said, if I'm dying now, it's probably better than just you know." And then another hand, you're thinking, "Oh, parent, don't even, I don't have a you know time to say goodbye." It's just all over the place, and then uh, then I said, "Well, I mean, it it's." To suffer, you know, to suffer to leave. The, the light like this and no food and sick and they... So it just... I was... One moment is happy, one moment it's sad. And then I probably did pass out or did, you know, I didn't even realize. And then by the time that I woke up, I got... In the hospital, in mm-hmm. that old hospital in Mongolbury. Uh, I didn't have water. That probably it You're dehydrated. Uh, dehydrated, you know, the, under the sun. Under the sun, yeah. You probably passed out, yeah. Yeah. And the guy that driving that cat, you know, that wood, <laughs> and just. He didn't. He didn't care. He didn't know. I mean, he just go ahead and control that uh, cattle. And then I woke up. 
Yeah, I was in a hospital. This was a very old hospital donated by a Japanese. It's called a Japanese hospital. Mm-hmm. That's the name. Was uh, before the communist mm-hmm. regime. Uh, that hospital. It's been. It's been in that city for forever. Mm-hmm. So they got a bunch of. Uh, Call nurse or doctor. I don't think they really know much about medicine, about treat the six people. The only thing they carry a big bag, a black big bag. Most of them is a female, and then they just go around and pass the med the the, the medicine that you know herb medicine. Mm. So, uh, and then they just let you rest. There's no bed, so I they put me, you know, on the floor. You just stay there, and then there's no, like I said, there's no papers, I or anything, you know. Anyone that they pull in, they just go ahead, and, okay, put him on the corner over there on the floor, and that's it. But people, people die every single minute. But most of them I see the people that die was starvation. It's no food, mm-hmm. lack of uh, nutrition, lack of food. It wasn't that they were sick, they were just starving. Yeah, yeah. Historical content. Ooh, ooh. Historical content. So at this point, we are experiencing famine, countrywide famine from 1976 to 1977. There's just not enough food. Not enough food for everybody. And everybody is in this, what they call a totalitarian system. And for all you people who don't know what that is, it basically means that they don't allow any opposition from anybody. They have full control over everybody, which is, yeah, basically what is happening here. And so it's not like you can go out and oppose and try to get your own food and try to cook your own stuff, as Robert had mentioned previously. So specifically with medicine during the Khmer Rouge, um, they basically rejected all types of Western medication. Uh, Three reasons for this. One, distrust with the outside world. So they just don't trust Western countries, any other countries. Two, as I mentioned, self-sufficiency is what they're really aiming for. And so they don't want to depend on these other Westernized chemical medicines. And then three... Doctors were thought to be politically suspicious, which hence they were targeted in the beginning of the Khmer Rouge. And at this point, um, they're, they're, they're basically, well, you guys know what happens. So um, health programs were completely halted during the four-year plan. Everything, all the energy was towards production, 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 agriculture, make more rice, make more rice. This was supposed to be just the way out. And so under this entire kind of revolutionary hierarchy, they kind of think of people who are dying within this period are actually making an ultimate sacrifice for the revolution. And so people who were sick and dying were really not tended to, really not cared for because in this really, really intense, crazy revolutionary kind of mindset they're thinking that okay well you did your part if you're sick 
will move forward and you have made your sacrifice towards Ankar, which is which is the party. In my case, it probably both, you know, because yeah. the asthma it probably cake because I don't have a strong immune system. Yes. Yeah, your body's not strong so to fight your asthma. Yeah. Yeah. So I stay there oh probably two to three weeks and then I saw a lot of things that you know they try to uh to use the human to uh experience their own product of medicine and give you all kinds of stuff. So they use coconut, green coconut, to inject to your body, try to experiment that coconut juice equivalent to the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, IV. IV. So I did got that. Uh, they inject to my vein the uh, needle used probably a thousand times. Uh, Is that where you get your... Oh, that mark there. That scar? That your... scar yeah. on the uh, left side here. No, they cut it because I think they inject my uh the coconut juice that time uh, i was past it was so painful somehow i just probably pass hours you know it just it just the coconut juice coconut juice is not meant to be in your veins no and yeah. then uh, uh so so uh, I have a question too. So these people here in this hospital, are they part of the Khmer Rouge? Yes. They so are part of the, the they're the Khmer Rouge doctors. The Khmer Rouge. I don't Or think not even doctors. doctors. Yeah. No. They're not, they're not, they weren't originally there. They're not there to help you. They're kind of. Well, they try to. to experiment, you know, they tell everybody we don't depend on any country, anyone, so we can survive and do everything, you know, ourselves. You yeah. know, that's what they train all these people. And all these people don't even read and write. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, and most of them, you know, like 16 years old, 18 years old, 20 years old, and then they try to be a, try to be a nurse, try to be a doctor. It cannot be that way, and then yeah. you're gonna kill people left and right because uh, you 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 pull in, you want to do the surgery. That's what my oh, mark gosh. here. Uh, I believe I don't know what it was, but they got uh, some kind of infection. Infection on because your forearm uh, right here, on right? Your forearm. Yeah. yeah. So they just, they don't even ask you, I mean, they ask you, I said, what? And they just go ahead and try to use, and then they use a regular knife and cut, you know, surgery. So that's why the scar, I was so, so bad. They they just, they just do everything that they think to, to experiment, you know, and how, 
how you know they just try to find out you should to to find out just so like in reality it's almost kind of like a torture place it is uh, uh you know oh yeah yeah you can yeah it's just like a torture place well it's just like a rat you know in here rat here that used for the uh experiment. you know lab you yeah, know experiment you know they still taking that rat really good but this one here they just pull you in Go and bring the co green coconut juice and just go and stick into your vein, and then you don't. If done. you were screaming, and it hurt so bad, did they take care of you? No, 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 no. They, they it's, not, it's not coming out of care. This is. It's like, not coming out of care at all. This is no care. I mean, they just go and using you. I mean, you know, uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's no word to describe. I mean, you know it. It. Yeah. Uh, it's a hospital. It's supposed to be care, but I don't think it's care. They just use you as the uh, yeah torture place. Yeah, whoever the lucky one. So, so I was I was staying there, and then I thinking, I thinking. I said, if I continue to stay here, I can, uh, you know, I'm not afraid to die, but not gonna be die this way here. Stick it in or all, all kinds of stuffed in, into your body and so painful and cut mm -hmm. your your hair cut you there you know and then i was decide to to escape because this is it's, it's no god no nothing and then you just you, you can pack your bag and then you just how say, many people were there oh it's quite a bit and it's all quite, of them, they're testing the same way. It's quite a bit. It's all kinds. Some people got flu, all kinds of, you yeah. know, and then, you know. Uh, so I decided to escape. So one day, one day I was uh, I'm able to walk. You know, my asthma was, it's released because I usually got that asthma probably 10 days sometime, 10 days, you know, and after then it just, it depends on where you are, air, pollen probably not pollen, you that know. area that day. Yeah, yeah and then, yeah. so, uh, so I was getting a little bit better. Uh, so one day in the morning after they gave you medication, I just left my blankets there, everything's there except my small belonging, you know, it's, it's nothing belong, you know, it's just the clothes, you know, you got two sets of clothes at that time. So, so I just took my clothes and uh, just tried to walk outside hospital because people walking around there too not too many but so i'm just start walking a little bit far away far away and then i know the way to go back to my mom and dad where they live it's oh, about yeah yeah, yeah in mongolberry and then uh, from mongolberry to the farm where they live where they took me mm -hmm. Uh, it's about, I see it, it's about maybe five to six kilometers. It's not that bad. How many miles is that? Uh, probably three miles. Oh, okay. Yeah, three yeah. miles, three, mm -hmm. four miles. But, you yeah. know, you you, you walk slow. You're I sick. mean, yeah. yeah. So they I just catch came. you, huh? No, because it's just, this is no system, no yeah. nothing. I mean, it just, 
uh, whoever that control you, they know you a little because you know they they count the head count. But after then, they release that they don't know. Yeah. Even in the hospital, I don't think they really, really actually know. They might be just, oh, this guy probably dead, you know. Yeah. So that's what I able to escape because I don't see a lot of people die and then they move it and that's it. I mean, you know, they have no paper to count to keep track of to anybody. keep track of anybody. Yeah. So I left the hospital that morning. It was sunshine. It's beautiful. And then I walked. Uh, they got a river. And then they got a small little bridge. And then I just came walking and walking. And then uh, and I see uh, when I walk above that bridge, and I see the people that, you know, it's all Khmer Rouge too. They cut the fish, you know, along the river. And then up there, then they just like, you know, cook that fish. I mean, I, I just mm. look, you know, over from the bridge. Oh, my, my mouth just watering. I just so hungry, you know, because it's so, oh, I, I wish that I had one bite of that fish. You know, the Coke, I mean. The smell of it. Oh, man. It's just, it was, it was, yeah. Uh, you uh, haven't had fish in a really, really it's, Well, the real food, that means, yeah. you know, so. So I continue walk uh, that, and then I eat, you know, sometimes I walk, I see the crocket, you know, croc cricket. Cr cricket. Yeah, cricket. So then you just, you just pick up cricket and just, just eat it along that you know just eat whatever you can find i mean then finally after a whole day then i got to uh where my parents live that the place that they took me you know uh, the place where from they the beginning took you from the beginning yeah yeah mama should be there yes that yeah was yeah there. everybody was, was there, there. Yeah. so they were so surprised and oh but I was so skinny, just skinny and bone. Uh, then Mama just gave me food. I mean, you know, try to steal food from the kitchen because she she still she was working in the in the kitchen. So I think she she used gold or jewelry, whatever. That she has, she go to exchange, you know, like rice and sugar, you know, just for me. I mean, to cope. And then, uh, uh, so at that time, I was uh, now I stay in a in a in a house with Daiguchiya, Amanda, because I cannot I cannot go out because you know otherwise, if the leader, I mean, and that how know that I'm escape from somewhere they probably gonna kill me yeah not just me it got killed the whole family yeah yeah it it was a big risk that to stay there to stay there to not just harm myself it's gonna harm the whole the whole family yeah so i was stay there for uh, oh maybe i don't know 10 days I'm get better, way, way better because I, I had food. 
you spent your days hiding with Daiguchi. Daiguchi, yeah, we got out at night, and then I, I remember one time uh, I feel so bad. I gotta have to do something to bring food, and then I was hungry. The whole family was hungry, so in the back of that village, they raised duck. They raised ducks. Uh, behind that, they got a, a lake. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's pretty good size of lake, so they raid duck in that lake there. So I had some good energy, and my asthma was gone. So I decided to go to steal the duck because we haven't eat no meat for a long time. So one day. I decided said if I if I get caught, it's okay. I'm ready to go. But for right now, I'm I'm hungry. I just need to to, to eat eat to something. Yeah. Yeah. So I I took the uh, call a bamboo basket that you can put the f- fish in there. Yeah. So I took that and with my what do you call it? You know the the chopper. Axe or a no. shovel or a... Uh, it's not a shovel. It's just like an axe like that. You can, you yeah, know. Yeah, I think it's an axe. An yeah. axe? No, an axe is like chop. This one is just for dude, you know. To, I see. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Uh, and you went out and you... Yeah, I went out to the lake. So pretend just like... Because they didn't know who is who because there's so many ducks in there. And then there's only two, three people that... Watch that duck. So that lake there, I pretend like I go to catch the fish. The guards didn't recognize you? No, the guard didn't recognize anyone because they asked me, say, oh, what are you doing here? I said, oh, guy that sent me to uh, to try to, uh, catch, to the fish. catch the fish. So, oh, okay. Because, you know, it's a pretty big, big, big lake. Place, yeah. yeah, big lake. No so uniform. Your no uniform. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I went to the uh, the water. Just try to pretend like do you know trying to catch a catch fish. fish and yeah stay there for like a couple hours and then you know the duck so many and then they just do something you know if you if you you know just like a fish just stick it head like this here yeah the ducks thought that's a fish that's I a food they, mm. they they come in like a bunch of ducks and what you do you pull the leg pull the leg just pull it down. To the water, the water, and then you 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 twist the neck, snap the neck, snap the neck underwater, underwater, and that they die. So and then I put into the bamboo basket, and then I stole two duck because the basket is only can fit like maybe three, but you don't want that heavy. And yeah. then so then you uh, I pull two duck, put in by basket, and then I. Uh, I have to really, really watch now before I get out of the water and try to walk home. Right. I have to stay there and watch and see where all the the guard. So the guard is all the other side. Sometimes they walk over the side here. And then, you know, uh, uh, one time I was so scared because he walked toward me. And he said, he asked me, are you... How you cut your face with no nothing, no net, no? I mean, how you do that? 
I said, oh, I just tried to use my hand and then, you know, and push the, uh, the water lily, you know, to the side and then see everything. So, oh, yeah, it makes sense because I think that a lot of people do that all the time. Right. Because there's a lot of water lily plant. So you push it, you push the water lily so hard so that the water is go, the fish is going to stick. With stay the, there, stay yeah. with the water lily plant there because it's so thick. So he said, "Oh, you catch anything?" I said, "Yeah, uh, not much." So, uh, and then he told me, he said, uh, "Don't stay in there too long because uh, I don't want you to stay there too long." I was so scared. He probably gonna ask it, "Hey, what kind of fish? You know you." Cards, you know, that's two ducks in that bucket, yeah, and then you're done. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. So, uh, so he walked. Oh, he he, he was asking here and there. I, I was so 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 scared. And but he didn't catch on that you were no, because you know what? Again, it's no a system. different <laughs> no system, no nothing. They yeah. only know their own group, and then you know, all of that. So suddenly, I think he tried to probably asking me, but and then suddenly the other guy from the other side screamed and yelled. I said, hey, come in here. I need some help here. This dog is just like, I think it's running out from the pond. I think, you know, we need to. And the guy just ran so fast. Now, I think this is the best time to get out of the water and walk away because, you know, he just, they all busy to, to chase their duck back into the water. So I just woke up and just walk and wow, watch lucky. and what was, yeah. Uh, so I just walk, walk, and then go back, you know, got to the house. I told Mama, I said, oh my God. I think you can, can get killed. Okay, guys, hold up here. I remember listening to this part of the story and being like, when was the last time that I had been deprived of a meal like that? When was the last time that I ever had to feel like I had to risk my life in order to eat a plain meal. Well, I guess at that point it doesn't feel very plain, but can you imagine? I mean, really though, the next time that I get a bowl of rice, I'm I'm going to be thankful. I mean, oh, I guess there's some people out there that that don't even have that. But in the meantime, it everybody happy too. I said, "Oh. Then we clean that duck, but make sure that we bury that feather too." Mm-hmm. You know, right. yeah. So we had a. Uh, oh my God! It's so. It was so good. You know, it just boil it. You know, you can cook salt. inside your. You can cook inside your hut. You, no, you 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 can't. But hey, at down to this point here, we just tried to you know, uh, just make sure that uh, nobody sees. no smell knows how you know. Make sure and, nobody smells it. Yeah, but you can cook it during the day because the light don't cook at night at night the light they can see because you're how you can you, you see through you can see the light you can see the smoke you can see everything exactly yeah. so we cook it 
you know, during the day, you know, so we had that. Oh, yeah. Who was there so with you good. at this point? Saikujia, uh, Daikujia, and then Mama, yeah, yeah. Because Seisuk was already somewhere else. Yeah. 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 And then Wunsuk was not born yet. No. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it was a great meal. It was a good, oh, heaven. It, it was heaven. So you boiled it? We bo- uh, boil it and put the salt. That's it. Yeah. Oh, eat everything. Oh, it was. I couldn't believe that. So after that, and I think if I'm stay a little bit too long, if they get caught now, this is this is no no good. I don't want to harm everybody. Get killed because of me. Hey guys, and thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. I'm actually going to give you a little heads up about next week. So next week, we're actually going to be taking a tiny little step back because right after we finished recording this episode, I couldn't stop thinking about that hospital that he spent his time in the one that he escaped in this episode. I couldn't stop thinking about what the heck happened in that hospital. What was that thing? And so next week, I'm actually going to be doing a deep dive. We're going to take a little step back. We're going to do a deep dive into step by step, hour by hour, what occurred in there. I think he just kind of glazed over some of the details in this episode. I feel like we missed out on some of the bad parts that he didn't really want to share this time around. So definitely tune in next Sunday. If you guys can, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. If you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, preferably five star if you guys have been enjoying it. And uh, I will catch you guys next week.